Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travels. And good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Travels with Charlie. Charlie Papillo, your host for the next hour here on WDEV. Hopefully you've all calibrated your watches, your clocks, and if you still have a, a, a DVD player or a VHS player, I should say, in your home, that thing's always just... I'm blinking anyway, so so don't bother. But thanks for joining me today. Hey, I want to remind you quickly that uh, past episodes of the program are available at WDEVradio.com. You can also see some of the videos that we shot uh, in the series, Travels with Charlie. And comments or topic ideas or guest ideas, you can always email me, cpapilloradio at gmail.com, cpapilloradio at gmail.com. Got a great program lined up for you today and very excited uh, today's show. The uh, former host of Open Mic. Remember Open Mic here on WDEV? Mike Smith. I refer to him as the Tom Brady of retirement, and you'll find out why we call him that uh, coming up shortly. Uh, also, we've got the... Uh, Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. Kelly Gleason is going to be joining me today. And my first guest today, former U.S. Attorney for Vermont, now a candidate for the U.S. Senate, Christina Nolan. Christina, welcome again to Travels with Charlie. We had you on previously, uh, but good to have you back on again. And now, since you made the announcement, even more important. Well, hello, Charlie. It's great to be back with you. And um, I just got done fixing the clock on the oven in my kitchen. So you uh, you and I are thinking just alike. <laughs> well, uh, hang on, because when we get off, you can tell me how to do it, because mine's still blinking. I haven't got it right. <laughs> it, was a, it was a wonder I could figure it out myself. So I'll, I'll do my best, though. All right. Well, well uh, Senator Leahy not seeking re-election, obviously, that must have affected you, I would imagine, your decision in, in, in quite a huge way. But... What were some of the other factors? Uh, what's calling you, Christina? Yeah, well, um, Charlie, I'm a born and raised Vermonter. I love this state for um, its uh, independent-minded people, its tradition of taking care of each other, its natural beauty, which surpasses any state and nation, in my humble opinion. And I, I felt called to advocate for Vermonters as an assistant U.S. attorney um, and then as U.S. attorney, uh, the top federal prosecutor, and to serve them. And I feel called to continue to advocate uh, for them and serve them on what I see as the most pressing issues. And uh, chief among them, the first job of government is public safety. Um, things are not going in a good direction that way. And given my background, I believe I can help. Um, I, you know, and I also am part of that is the um, skyrocketing overdose deaths in Vermont across the country. But nowhere are they increasing at a faster pace than in Vermont which is heartbreaking to me, and it's um, tearing apart families and communities. And, and uh, so I want to do what I can to turn that back in the right direction, bring those deaths da- overdose deaths down again, like, I did, like what happened when I was U.S. attorney. And we got to address the crushing inflation, which is a tax on middle-class uh, middle families and mm. working-class families. Uh, the, the very rich can afford to pay these uh, skyrocketing prices, but working families cannot, and they're, they're trying so hard to save money and pay the bills. Uh, but they can't afford food, home heating, gasoline. Um, and I also just think we need a new culture in Washington, Charlie. I want, I want to be the first female senator. I think we need new female perspective. But I think we need a unifier in Washington that will bring the parties together and get things done for Vermonters. I don't want to work for a party or an ideology. I want to work for the people of the state I love. 
Christine, I'll give you an opportunity to to address that. Uh, you brought it up about uh, you know a woman serving in the Senate, and certainly we're hearing that on uh, on the House side with uh, three candidates, which will be in a in a primary, as you know, Congressman Welch moving up to the to the Senate seat, uh, uh, you know, running for that Senate seat, the same seat that uh, that you're looking for. And on that side, it seems like well, you know, it's time for a woman in Congress. But um, now that we have a, a Republican candidate challenging that seat. Uh, I'm not hearing anybody, uh, you know, echoing that same thought. Well, uh, so I think as Vermonters, we know that uh, we don't, uh, first of all, Vermont is the only state in the country never to send a woman to Congress. So this is a long time coming in Vermont. But I think as Vermonters, we know full well, we don't just mean one, it has to be just one woman. And so I'm delighted to be one of many women, uh, several women stepping forward um, at this time, this unique time in Vermont history, um, to bring new leadership and fresh perspective to Washington. Both seats are open. Uh, Congressman Welch is, uh, and I are vying for the open uh, Senate seat. Um, but I think we need new energy and fresh perspective in both positions. And what I really think that the people of Vermont desperately want is somebody who will change the tone and culture in Washington and create a new kind of politics. Uh, Congressman Welch is a rubber stamp for his party. He caucuses with the extreme left wing of his party. He votes with his party 100 percent of the time. I pledge to Vermonters uh, uh, not to be somebody who goes to Washington and just fights the other party, but rather fights for them. And that is going to involve making some compromises, reaching across the aisle, trying to restore civility and bipartisan to Washington. The other party is not the enemy. The people of Vermont expect us to work together to get them results. The chief among them is making them safer and making their children safer. Christina Nolan, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Questions or comments, 244-1777 or toll-free at 1-877-291-8255. Christina, the term working across the aisle, we hear that oftentimes. It's a phrase that we hear very much in politics. Could you give an example uh, of how you have worked across the aisle, reached across the aisle in the past? Oh, well, I could probably give you a lot of examples, but I don't want to take up too much time. I'm, when I was U.S. attorney, I worked with Democrats almost every day at different levels of government, um, and we worked well together, and we got a lot done together. Um, uh, T.J. Donovan, the attorney general of Vermont, I worked very well with him. There's, I could name a number of ways in which we partnered to get results for Vermonters. One that comes to mind is he and I led uh, effort to arrest child exploiters in Vermont. It was a sweep of arrests of child exploiters, whether they be um, physical, uh, you know, sexual assault of children or online exploitation of children. Uh, we arrested over a dozen, dozen people together and then um, decided who should go to federal court and who should go to state court and announced the arrest together and sent a strong message to those who would harm children that we're working together, we're collaborating, and there's no place in Vermont for those who would harm children. They're our future. Um, he and I, I, I sat on the Governor's Opioid Coordination Council, uh, which was a, uh, a council of people from diverse backgrounds, treatment providers, medical providers, um, librarians, you name it. And, of course, some law enforcement sat on it. Um, of course, there were many Democrats on that panel, but we put together a strong set of recommendation, uh, recommendations for the governor about how we need to get prevention curriculum into schools so we get to kids before the drug dealers do and convince them not to use in the first instance. Um, I sat on the Human Trafficking Task Force, which, again, uh, Attorney General Donovan co-chaired. Um, we, got a, we had a significant um, human trafficking conviction out of my office of uh, uh, a human trafficker who was violent. He used guns. He raped people. He trafficked children. Um, so got a lot done on the human trafficking front. And I could, I could go on and on. I, worked with state's attorneys, many of them Democrats, every day to decide how to prosecute cases, how to work together, how to uh, whether we were both going to bring charges for the same underlying conduct, who was going to adopt the case, and so forth. Uh, even op- helped uh, sponsor the opening of a recovery house, working with the nonprofit Genis Promise, right. um, which I'm sure you know about. Absolutely. Um, and I, I announced that to the media, and in attendance was Attorney General Donovan, Congressman Welch, 
um, because there are so many things that unite us, and fighting this opioid crisis is one of them. And I do have a track record of working very well with Democrats to get results for Vermonters. Great. And, and I'm glad you, you mentioned the opioid crisis, uh, and you certainly have, have led in that fight against opioids. But l- let me ask you, do you feel that that battle is being overshadowed because of the pandemic? seems like hopefully we're coming out of it now. But, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, that's all we've heard in the, in the news and in the headlines. I, I'm part of the a major reason I'm running, Charlie, is to refocus us on the opioid epidemic. Things have really gone in the wrong direction. In 2019, when I was U.S. attorney, overdose deaths came down for the first uh, for the first time in memory. Um, they have since then skyrocketed, and I do think we've lost sight of this a bit in all the understandable focus on the pandemic. I'm not criticizing anyone for being focused on that. Of course, we all had to come together around that. But we have to keep things in perspective. In 2020 in Vermont, uh, more people died from opioid overdose deaths than from the pandemic. 157 people died. Um, in 2021, we're set to outpa- outpace that, sadly, by a long shot in a historic way. Um, 181 deaths through November of 2021. So we're going to uh, unfortunately far exceed the number of deaths in 2020 for 2021. And it's things are not going well across the country that way. So um, I do think we need to refocus on this. I do think we need to um, make sure we fund the police and support the police mm-hmm. so we have all the resources we need to investigate drug dangerous drug traffickers in Vermont. Right now we are losing police officers at a faster pace than they are coming out of the academy, and we have uh, fewer uh, uh, officers on hand to do work. Uh, and that's taking away resources from getting drug dealers out of our communities, arresting dangerous drug dealers. Exactly. Um, so Christina, yeah, let's yeah. go back to your, your video announcement when you announced that you were running for Senate. You mentioned improving public safety by reducing crime, addressing inflation, taking on the opioid crisis, all the things that we've been talking about, discussing here. But since that announcement, we've seen a new uh, inflation hitting a new high. And, and, mm-hmm. and the White House seems to be backpedaling on their move to defund the police. Uh, I, I wish you would address that because uh, do you think that the pendulum will, will swing back to the middle? What's happening here? Well, I heard President Biden say in the State of the Union address uh, that he now he now uh, this party wants to fund the police. But, you know, the far left of this party, and so far as I know, Congressman Welch, because I haven't heard him say fund the police or, or speak out loudly about this, I mean, I welcome people uh, understanding that the policy of defunding the police was misguided. Um, but leadership requires understanding this, not just when you think it's politically popular, but because you know it's wrong. And it was never a good idea to defund the police. So, so many of them are brave and heroic and hardworking and ethical, the vast majority of them in Vermont. I've worked with them. I know this. Um, and so leadership requires uh, getting out on front on these things, even if you don't think it's going to be popular with your party. Um, and so uh, uh, the people of Vermont will know that I will always uh, – say my conscience, uh, no matter, uh, not just when I think it's the pendulum is swinging and the polls are changing and the poll, polling is telling me to, because it doesn't make sense to defund the police. And what we are seeing is a rise in violent crime in Vermont and across the country and a rise in opioid overdose deaths coinciding, coinciding with the defunding of the police in Vermont and different cities in the country. And so um, we need to fully fund and support the police, prosecute the ones that break public trust, like Derek Chauvin, who's doing 22 and a half years in jail. I'm very happy about that. Um, but but uh, I, you've got to lead on this issue and not just come around when the polling tells you to. Christina Nolan, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Open phone lines at 244-1777-1877-291-8255. Christina, uh, a very important question that uh, I think should be answered, and, and that that's you know term limits. Here we, we you know we have Senator Leahy who will have served close to fifty years when he retires. Uh, would you uh, do you believe in term limits, or do you think that that's you know the people should uh, make that decision? I, I want to have this conversation with the people of Vermont out on the campaign trail and get their feedback about this. I can see arguments in both directions. At this point in time, I generally believe that people uh, should be able to decide at the ballot box who they think is the best person for them uh, in Washington. 
Um, one of the things I can do is build seniority in the Senate, uh, help get resources to Vermont in the tradition of, of uh, Senator Leahy, um, and that's one of the advantages of getting reelected. And I would start with the same seniority in the Senate as Congressman Welch did. And I have a track record as U.S. Attorney of getting resources to Vermont. My office, the U.S. Attorney's Office, grew resources in an unprecedented way when I was U.S. Attorney. We got three new assistant U.S. Attorney positions in Vermont full-time, in one, in, if not the smallest, one of the smallest offices in the country. By contrast, Massachusetts got five new assistant U.S. Attorney positions. So if you look at our population, that's uh, an incredible influx of resources, and it's because uh, – uh, the Department of Justice trusted me to do well with those resources and saw the good work that was coming out of the, out of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Vermont. Christina Nolan, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Christina, we'll, we'll shift gears just a little bit and, and talk uh, about some international issues, of course, uh, with what's going on in, in Ukraine. And that's all straight ahead right here on WVM, on WDEV. I, I, finally, I did it! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, can, can we cut that? No, we can't. We'll be right back. Keep... When I'm on my travels throughout Vermont, I know where to stop for a fill-up, fresh-made sandwiches, snacks, hot coffee, or an ice-cold Coca-Cola. Jolly convenience stores. With over 40 in our area, there's always one nearby. And they're more than a quick stop. Proudly supporting local charities, community events, and our military. Jolly convenience stores. Home of the Daily Smile. Even behind that mask. Stop by today. You'll be glad you did. I'm trying to figure out that that bumper. Uh, I, I don't know what that one is, and, and Quorum just informed me I've been fined. <laughs> Almost a year here, and I, I go back to the old call letters. Well, welcome back to Travels with Charlie on WDEV. I think Mike Smith sitting in here kind of threw me. You know, Mike was a guest on my program many, many times before. But uh, again, thanks for joining me today, and thanks especially to my sponsors that allow this uh, to happen. Uh, Twice a month here on WDEV. Of course, a jolly convenience stores with uh, hot coffee and, and cold drinks and, and fuel. Yeah, we're going to be talking about fuel prices here in just a moment. Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com, zero sort recycling, helping to keep it out of the landfill in Milne Travel, American Express. They've been doing it since 1975. Check them out online at MilneTravel.com. Christina Nolan, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, coming up, the Casella Waste uh, Sustainability Spotlight. And uh, as I mentioned, Mike Smith is going to be joining me to uh, wrap up things here this afternoon. Christina, let's get into what's happening in Ukraine right now. No doubt uh, our hearts go out to those people, what's happening there. You came out recently and said that uh, we should stop importing oil from Russia. You mentioned that and said that well before the White House agreed to doing that. Your thoughts and comments on that uh, first. Well, yeah, I do wish that the White House had done that a little sooner, um, but I, I don't want to belabor it um, because they've done it now. I think it's the right thing to do, and I want us to unify in a, a time, of, a dire time like this, where we have an aggressive actor um, uh, try and take over a free country and a free people. Um, and so, but I do think we cannot fund uh, his chosen weapon of war. Um, and we we simply, no matter what a percentage of our um, of our oil comes from Russia, uh, it's about, I, said, I think, about 6%, give or take. Um, we simply cannot be sending any money to, over to him that would help him fund this uh, horrific war of aggression. Um, what we are seeing happening to the people of Ukraine, the images are just gut-wrenching and heartbreaking. Yet. I cannot tell you how much, how much we are inspired by them, and they are reminding us what it means to love freedom because their resilience has shocked the world. It shocked Putin, um, and we should, should continue to do everything we can to support these people. It appears that he is guilty of – Putin is guilty of war crimes. How would you move forward to, to bring him to trial if you were elected to, to the Senate, and, and why isn't it being talked about more? Well, that's uh, one of the ways you move forward is by being a unifier and getting both pe pe uh, people on both sides of the aisle to come together around something like this. Um, I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, when you bomb a maternity hospital, a children's hospital, when you target civilians, 
That sure sounds like a war crime to me. So you've got to do the inve- like a, a prosecutor knows. You've got to do the investigation. You've got to get your ducks in a row. Um, and make sure you have your evidence lined up and your charges lined up. Um, but I could certainly uh, help lead that effort with my background as a prosecutor um, and knowing how uh, to prosecute a case to conviction. And I would, this is another area where I would bring um, uh, uh, bipartisanship to bear to get the job done. Uh, again, not to get you to criticize uh, or, or to you know to criticize uh, the current uh, uh, Congress, but it also seems that there's some some feet dragging there. On are we going to get some planes to Poland so Poland can uh, can give planes to Ukraine? You know, every day you hear about it and you keep watching the death toll going up, and you're going, what you know, what's taking so long? What 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 needs to be done, Christina? We need to send every form of aid we possibly can. I would send planes. I, I don't. Uh, I would send planes without delay, guns, bullets. I would send economic aid, humanitarian aid. Now we've got to get our allies to join in this, so it's not all on the United States. I would send cyber support for cyber defense efforts. We have a lot of expertise when it comes to uh, combating cyber crime in the United States. I know that from my time as U.S. Attorney. Um, so I would do everything short of boots on the ground, planes, guns, bullets, you name it. Um, we don't, the last thing we want is a uh, war uh, where we lose American lives. My brother is in the military. Uh, he is wondering if he's going to be called to Eastern Europe, uh, it, you know, or to some theater of, of whatever this war is going to become. I hope, it, I hope it doesn't expand, but I don't trust that Putin is not going to try to expand the war to NATO countries and other uh, other areas um, that he wants to conquer. So we have to do everything we can short of American boots on the ground um, to support the Ukrainians who are fighting with a bravery and fierceness that reminds us what it means to love freedom and freedom-loving countries. And the U.S. always has to lead um, the, uh, the democratic world against the forces of despotism and authoritarianism, and Putin is just that. Christina Nolan, U.S. Senate candidate for Vermont, uh, joining me on Travels with Charlie this afternoon. Christina, you say that you want to go to Washington to serve Vermonters, not just a party and its agenda. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, I think that uh, the people of Vermont and probably people across the country are just worn out by the politics of destroying the other side. Uh, It's all about trying to get everything you want or nothing at all. Uh, You saw that with this Build Back Better bill where... Um, the left wing of the Democratic Party tried to get everything it ever wanted uh, in one bill in a time when inflation was through the roof. Right. And this would have exacerbated inflation. Um, and, and rather than compromise to get things, some things done, like expanded child tax credits, Vermonters got nothing. And it was the moderates in the Democratic Party that couldn't even get on board with $5 trillion in spending. So this is, this is what happens when the parties just try to, to win instead of working for people. And I would have been a force for compromise at a time like that. Um, Congressman Welch called Joe Manchin, uh, who, who decided he couldn't get on board with $5 trillion in spending. He called him a, a, a betrayal to Joe Biden. But what that forgets, and what I will never forget, but what that forgets is that Joe Manchin doesn't work for Joe Biden. He doesn't work for the Democratic Party. He works for the people of West Virginia. I will never forget that I don't work for a political party or an ideology. I work for the people of the state I love, the state I'm from, the state I've spent most of my life, where much of my family lives. I work for the people of Vermont when I go to Washington. Christina, you know, of course, uh, here in Vermont, uh, with an R next to your name, it, uh, unless you're Phil Scott, it's uh, very difficult to, uh, to get elected to office. Uh, you definitely need to win the independent vote, but you'll need to convince uh, Democrats to vote for you as well. How can you do that? I have no doubt uh, that we're going to convince Democrats, uh, Republicans, independents, and I have no doubt we're going to bring out new voters because this is the message that people are hungry for. They are worn out by politics as usual. They are tired of having their children watch incivility in Washington and people who are supposed to be public servants hurling vitriol at each other and treating each other badly. Um, I'm going to bring the independent mind and the independent heart of Vermont to Washington. I'm going to act with civility and always treat people well, even those with whom I disagree. And you can ask anyone that I worked with as U.S. attorney, I always treat people well, whether they agree with me on everything or not. It's a simple premise, but our, our uh, career politicians have forgotten it. Um, and so I, I, and I, I 
want to thank Governor Scott for his immediate statement of support for me. Uh, I think he and I, I'm sure no two people agree on everything. Um, we're both independent-minded Republicans who understand uh, the needs of Vermont. And I think that uh, people are very much less concerned about whether you have an R or a D next to your name than whether you will do things to keep their family safe, their children safe, them safe in their places of work and in their homes. In Burlington right now, people who work in Burlington, you look at surveys, they do not feel safe going home at night. Um, So I I don't think people care so much about an R or a D next to your name as whether you're going to make their family safer, whether you're going to do something about this skyrocketing inflation. Uh, whether you're going to get things done for Vermonters. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Senator Pat Leahy also uh, uh, gave you his backing uh, for uh, for the U.S. Attorney uh, position. I was honored uh, to have Senator Leahy's backing and recommendation, as well as Governor Scott, uh, for US, the U.S. Attorney position. And I was honored that Congressman Welch was supportive of my nomination and even spoke at my swearing in. I'm eternally grateful to him for that. And I thank Senator Leahy for his 50 years, 50-plus years of service to Vermonters. He was, of course, like me, a prosecutor before he became a senator. He was the Chittenden County State's Attorney. So I thank him and Marcel for their decades of service uh, to the people of Vermont. Well, Christina, thank you for joining me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. I'm sure we'll continue this conversation uh, at, a, at a later date. Christina Nolan. Uh, Christina, if you have a website that uh, people can find out more information about you, where can they do that? Yes, thank you, Charlie. Um Christina Nolan for USSenate.com. That's Christina Nolan for USSenate.com. I would love it if you joined this effort. Um, uh, any support you can give would be much appreciated. Um, we're going to do this together. Like like in all things, you have to work as a team, and I'm, I'd be so uh, glad and honored if, if uh, Vermonters would join the team. All right, Christina, thanks for joining me again on Travels with Charlie. Okay, thank you so much, Charlie. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll be right back with the Sustainability Spotlight with Kelly Gleason from Casella Waste right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie as we continue to play a name that tune. That is war. Thank you, Corm. The Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight with Kelly Gleason, the first time on the spotlight. Kelly, don't get nervous. Good afternoon, <laughs> and welcome to Travels Hi. with Charlie. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. Good to have you on with me today. So we're going to talk about uh, solid waste implementation plans, and immediately people are going, what does that mean? So that's that's the question. What are they, and why are they important to me? Yes, so... What a solid waste implementation plan is, um, it is a plan that's required for your local municipalities. Um, and essentially, if we back up a minute and we talk about what the Vermont Materials Management Plan is, that is the state's plan for managing waste and recyclables. And the goal of their plan is to prioritize reducing waste, reuse, um, and minimize what goes to the landfill. So this plan is renewed every five years. The state reviews it and picks certain priority items. And in that plan, they have certain requirements of your local municipalities. That requirement is called their solid waste implementation plan. And it sort of governs how they reach out to their community, how they handle their waste. Um, and essentially, it's their ticket uh, to disposing of their waste in the landfill. Without a solid waste implementation plan, they could be forced to divert out of state or handle their waste differently. So how is the individual homeowner involved in all of this? Uh, Kelly Gleason, environmental analyst with Casella Waste with me on the spotlight this afternoon. How are Vermonters involved in the plan? Well, I think we all know that as Vermonters, we have certain things that we uh, have to handle differently, right? So just um, two summers ago when we were required to divert our food scraps, um, we've always recycled, things like that. So we play a role in keeping other items out of the waste stream. Um, And the way that the plans are implemented, the municipalities target businesses with information, schools with information, all about things that can't be landfilled, other ways to manage them, um, in a trickle-down effect, hoping that it gets to the homeowners. So what can I expect if if I live in a town, which I do, that uh, Casella works with? So I think it's important first to sort of talk about um, whether you belong to an independent town or a district. Um, some towns banded together 
to form districts to handle a lot of the requirements. So if you live in a district, you might pay a little bit extra money in your taxes to cover district fees. Um, if you live in an independent town who we work with, um, you can expect to see mailers from us. You can expect to see us at your businesses talking about your food waste, how to divert it. Um, you'll, you can be subject to getting emails from us. So uh, all these different ways that we'll reach out to you um, and help you with what to do with a lot of your items that can't be disposed of. Oh, it's great to have this conversation with you, uh, Kelly Gleason, with uh, Casella Waste, the envir- environmental analyst. Certainly many people don't realize all of these things, and I, I really appreciate you letting people know about that, whether it's through through emails or through uh, through postcards cards or the uh, sustainability spotlight here on uh, WDEV. And, of course, people can always go to your website, and which specific one, uh, site should they go to, uh, Kelly? So uh, it actually depends on where you live, which depends on what solid waste management entity you belong to. So if you're curious to find out and you want know, you want to know more information, you can Google solid waste management entity, state of Vermont, or head over to the Vermont DEC website and find your local solid waste management entity. And then you'll find more information on the website. All right. And of course, always Casella.com for all of your trash needs, uh, whether it's zero sort recycling, uh, reliable service, competitive pricing, and, you know, spring cleaning uh, time's coming up. So time to get those dumpster rentals for the, yeah. the big clean house, right, Kelly? Sure is. All right. Thanks for joining me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back, and it's going to be open mic time with Mike Smith here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. I think that's Genesis. All right. Um, I'm two for three today on Travels with Charlie. And, and welcome back. And, man, what a thrill this is to be sitting across from uh, the legendary Mike Smith. I refer to him as the Tom Brady of politics. Good good morning, Mike. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, Charlie. It's great to be here. So you're not, you know, the first thing everybody got a little concerned, they saw you walking into the studios here at WDEV, and uh, Ken Squire says, uh, give him an application. You know, he just retired from the state. He's probably looking for another job. Are you looking for work? No, I'm not. Now, I've heard this before. How many times have uh, I, you know, I'd have you on my on my previous show. Every time you retired, you'd come in and we do the exit interview, and then I'd find out you got hired by Fairpoint. He's at Burlington College. He's back. He's back in politics again. <laughs> is this it really i you know i do think so you never say never uh, oh yeah, yeah you never say never yeah. but i i think so you know you're you get to an age where you start looking ahead and you know you have fewer days ahead than you have behind you and you start thinking well there's some things i want to do and those are the th- the things that you start concentrating on. Yeah, um, let's. I, I know you know one of the things you always enjoyed about doing your radio program here at uh, WDEV was the phone calls. So let, light them up if you if you want to talk with Mike this afternoon two four four seventeen seventy seven or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Maybe you have a, a job uh, opening you'd like him to know about. I want to ask you what was it like when you got that phone call back in late uh, twenty nineteen. And the governor, Phil Scott, good friend of both of ours, uh, asked you to come back to your old job. And at that time, you you were out of a job. You're kind of looking around, I guess, and probably thinking, 
boy, this will be nice. You know, it's the old job. I just go in there and feed up on the desk and, you know, you know, a couple of years and then I can retire. And then COVID hit. Yeah. First of all, it was an honor. I, I mean, I, I, one of the, the things about being Secretary of Human Services it is the best job in the world to me. And it was, it was always the best job I had it previously and have the honor to have it again was just an amazing honor. And I always thank Governor, um, first Governor Douglas and now Governor Scott for allowing me to have that position. But just think about this. It's a position where you help and protect people in the state of Vermont. Mm. And what nobler sort of profession is that when I look back at my career and I've had many jobs, as you've pointed out, <laughs> many jobs, I think about all the aspects of the jobs that I've had and no job has been better than Secretary of Human Services. I got to say this, I never anticipated a pandemic. Uh, yeah. and, and that was, um, that was interesting. And, but I will say this, I had an amazing team at both AHS and brought people in too. Yeah. Uh, you know, brought, uh, uh, Liz Miller in and Neil Lunderville and a lot of other people. Um, Carrie Sleeper, who used to be the, um, uh, Commissioner of Public Safety and working together in those early days when people weren't getting much sleep trying to figure out what was going on. And I know that Vermonters were glad that it was you. That was in that position because, you know, you've often been referred to, you're the fixer-upper, the, the interim fixer-in-chief. And when you think about it, I mean, you go back to your many jobs that, that you've had, you're, you're brought in not because, you know, well, we got a job opening, you know, give him a chance. You were brought in because they knew that you could get things done. And, and saying that, you know, the bar is set very high. You love that challenge though. I do. And the reason is because you're helping to do something. It's just not, you're not sitting there and just, you know, waiting for things to happen and, and making sure the trains are running on time. You're making sure you're building the railroad and making sure that it runs from there. And that's, that's always been a challenge. It, it started back, I guess, when I graduated from high school and I went into SEAL team. It was a challenge there in order to be a Navy SEAL. And I think those things just, you know, those habits, those, um, Feelings develop over the years. I can't imagine what it was like the to doing a press conference every week. Three times a week. Three times a week. In the beginning, it was three times a week. And the prep that goes into that. I mean, you don't just wing it. Yeah. You had to know who's up next, who's on first, who's, you know. Yeah. And, and, and you had to have the answers. The press is there. They're asking you questions. How did you keep going? It, you know what was amazing is again I had a great team. Um, they will say probably the two hours before the press conference the most nerve wracking time because I needed answers for different things and yep. they had to get them and and it was uh, it was just an amazing time and then. You know, you're prepping. You have to know the answer because you can't go there and say, I don't know. <laughs> um, but so you prep. I mean, you can't be like a Jen Psaki and say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I do on a couple of occasions because I don't want to give the wrong answer. But um, there are. You know, that was, you know, three days a week and the governor as well. I mean, yeah. the governor was there taking the questions as, as well. And you, you just have to know what, what's going on. And, and I just give a lot of credit to everybody who, um, who prepped me and, and knowing what was going on. We didn't get much sleep in those early yeah, days. Yeah, I can imagine. We, and, and it wasn't, we just didn't know what we didn't know. And that's, that was the problem. You know, a lot of people, um, we, we just, we didn't have testing, we didn't have vaccines, right. we didn't have anything, uh, to deal with this, and we just didn't know where this was going or what was going to happen. Is there another Mike Smith that Vermonters, uh, don't know? I know, I've known you for a very long time. I've, I've never seen that side of Mike Smith that I'm sure, um, some people have seen when, when it's time to come down and it's time to get to work. 
Um, <laughs> your your eyes are rolling now. I remember you telling a story when you and uh, Neil Lunderville went to Washington. I forget what it had something to do with insurance. I think no, it was actually it, was. Was it healthcare? It was healthcare. Yeah, was the global yes. commitment. We came back yeah. with like so the so the two dollars. so the two Vermonters come in and it's like oh you know these what was it Neil Lunderville and Mike Smith from Vermont. All right, show them in and we'll we'll take care of this quickly. And 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 you went in and what happened? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> We, we we wouldn't leave. <laughs> we wouldn't leave until we got the money. Um, but it was, you know, there. Look, um, I'm not an angel. Uh, there are times when um, I de- I'm demanding, um, yeah. but I'm demanding and fair at the same time. But it, you know, I'm demanding for a purpose, and that's to make sure that we're serving in in the case of. Of uh, Secretary of Human Services, that's that's to serve the people of Vermont. One of your bosses is joining us on the phone line, and of course, you know that could be one of many. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's from SEAL Team. Who knows? <laughs> uh, let's go to the phone line: two four four seventeen seventy seven or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. You're first this afternoon on Travels with Charlie and uh, Mike Smith. Good afternoon. Well, I want to know why he didn't offer me a job at the Agency of Human Services. <laughs> Governor. <laughs> Governor Douglas. He brought everybody else back. <laughs> I, I did bring the, uh, a lot of the old team back, but it was, uh, it was because of, uh, you know, how well they served you, Governor, and uh, how well you picked them and their knowledge. Well, we had a great crew, there's no question about it, and I was glad they all got a second or third or fourth act like you. <laughs> I heard your uh, discussion about global commitment, and I'm not sure I told you, Mike, that a couple of years ago I was at a meeting in Washington and ran into the former CMS director, and uh, we were reminiscing, and and she said, uh, oh, you got a heck of a deal on that back in 05 or whatever it was. <laughs> I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was. I think you you negotiated well. well. <laughs> I th- anyway, I think Governor, they just gave us the deal because we wouldn't leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it worked, and it's uh, worked ever since. And obviously, a lot more to do on healthcare reform. But uh, you were present at the creation, as we say, Mike. Not only in global commitment, but in choices for care that we began uh, around that time to help older and disabled Vermonters stay in their homes, and we saved a little money on that, too. And, and of course, uh, the Catamount Plan and the reforms that came a year or two after we started Global Commitment. And um, AARP uh, graciously presented me an award um, that um, called it the most progressive health care reform in the nation at the time. That was, of course, before the Affordable Care Act. But uh, it's folks like you who made me look good, so I, I, I will always be grateful. <laughs> governor, th- it, it, it was you who made me look good, so thank you very much, Governor. Very gracious. Great to hear from you, Governor Jim Douglas, on the phone line this afternoon. And uh, we've got, well, here's another, uh, you, you've actually, Governor, you've actually worked uh, with our next caller uh, doing a little comedy show, Rusty DeWeese, the logger. Rusty, good afternoon on Travels with Charlie with Mike Smith. Charlie, hey Mike, how you doing? I'm fine, Rusty. Listen, I want the folks who know, listening out there who don't know Mike, when I would be on his radio show, and this is serious, he had a list of questions and notes, two, three pages long. So if he's working that hard on uh, interviewing a hack comedian, (laughs) you imagine the poor guy, but I'll just say, that he is a worker in the tradition of what we all remember of the generation before us and before that generation. And if, if I'm going to do any logging up my hill here, up my mountain, I'm calling Mike. I'm, uh, we're not missing a beat. So I just wanted to say that and have fun listening to you. <laughs> well, Rusty, it's an honor. And thank you very much for those very kind words. Don't call me on logging. <laughs> thank you, Rusty. Uh, good, good to hear from you as well this afternoon. Mike Smith, my guest on Travels with Charlie, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. You know, Mike, we kid you uh, about the number of jobs that you 
you've held, and I, I know about quite a few of them. Um, there's probably some that I don't know about. Of course, uh, many know that you, you were a Navy SEAL. You, you often talked about, uh, that sort of, you know, ch- that was a changing point in your life. And I, you know, we went, we've gone back before how, our high school years, I think we shared some things in, in common, kind of didn't really pay attention too much. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, here you are, more than me, I mean, here you are, all the jobs that you've held, the head of companies, of corporations, uh, in government. Uh, what was it that happened when you, when you joined the Navy? It was amazing, uh, Charlie. I really didn't have a direction in high school. And, Subsequently, and I said this earlier on a, on an interview, subsequently I just thought that life, you sort of bumbled through life and if you got lucky, you got lucky and if you didn't, you didn't. And what the Navy taught me and what SEAL team in particular taught me is that if you want something, you've got to work for it. You've got to work hard for it and you've got to persevere and you've got to really take control of your life in order to make things happen. And that little sort of change in my trajectory in life really made a difference. And I I credit uh, SEAL Team in particular for doing that because that sort of set me in motion in terms of what happened. I hope you weren't as bad as I was in high school. <laughs> I, I just... We'll compare notes <laughs> at some point. I, I think I've got you beat, Mike. <laughs> um, you only served one term in the legislature. You've only been, you know, as much as you've worked in government, that's the only job that you had in government that you were elected to. Why not more? You know, I, I, your name's come up before. You know, why doesn't he run for lieutenant governor? Why not governor? Why not go to Washington? Yeah, it's not my gig. I, I really like running things and and the legislature is not it's about setting policy and then stepping away and let other people uh, implement that policy i want to be the person that implements that policy you got to be in control i i don't have to be in control but i have to uh, what i'd like to do is making sure that i build something and you know the, a lot of times you know one of the things that i i remember here when i was doing radio is you know, you do a lot of criticism, um, but it's hard to build things. Yeah. It's hard to really sit back and make things happen. And I think, you know, we've gotten to the point to some degree in this nation where we are more often want to criticize instead of stepping back and volunteering to implement, to build, to do something. And that's something that I cherish, and I think it, it just helps. Well, as a talk show host, um, one that did, you know, three hours a day, five days a week, uh, I would have to say that, you know, criticism is kind of what fueled the airwaves. Uh, you'd get on there and, you know, here's my opinion, and then you'd you'd take people on on that. And you even saw that, you know, doing your two-hour stint here. Right. Right. I, I mean, I'm not downplaying yeah. that. And that is something that is vital. I just want people to understand that I think also – what is vital is making sure that we have people in government and in private business that want to get things done. Let's talk about some of the things that people may not know about Mike Smith. Now, I forget which time it was when you retired from, from government, uh, uh, but you went on a, a motorcycle trip. I did. I remember that. Would yeah. you tell us a little, a little bit about that? Yeah, I did six weeks. Uh, I have a very understanding wife yeah. that is still with me. <laughs> I, I, she's probably questioning that right now. But I took a six-week motorcycle trip up through the Canadian provinces, the eastern provinces. So started out here and went up through Quebec and all through. Ended up, it was like Forrest Gump. I got to the end of Newfoundland and said, well, it's time to go home <laughs> and uh, turned around and came back down and had a really great time, met wonderful people along the way and sort of clean, sort of cleared my head and, and said, OK, now I'm ready for something else. And that's something else. You also went on to you developed a, a website for for old geezers. That's uh, right. Active geezer. Active geezering is yeah. what you called it, I recall. Yeah. Is that still going or did you it's, drop it's it? It's on hiatus yeah. and I may bring it back at yeah. some point, but you know, it was something to keep me occupied and, uh, and do something. I am now, you know, in that age yeah. group. I was a little yet younger then, but well, I am. Well, and it's a term that people may not 
understand active geezering and you know not in a bad way you know, he's an old geezer but you know you and I are geezers that's right. I mean let's face it right yeah, that's but, right but we're active you know right. keeping active you know when you look at you Mike you say he's not as old as he, he, he as he is because you stay active that's right and active geezering I remember you had people talking about whether it was taking bike trips or traveling or doing things and certainly right. you know active geezering that's what it is that's right I mean Mary and I have a trip planned in April that will go from on rail trails from St. Louis to Kansas City. And that's the type of stuff that I wanted to promote, you know, mm-hmm. getting out and using the the enjoyment of uh, the outdoors. And, and you know, Vermont has very good rail trails, uh, especially from like Cambridge and Jeffersonville all the way to uh, Morrisville and is going to be connecting from uh, from St. Jay and going up to uh, St. Albans as well. This is going to be exciting when all that is is connected. Mike Smith, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. He used to do the, the open mic program here on a WDEV. And yeah, I love what you've done with the booth. <laughs> yeah, you really changed it around. Not even a coat of paint for you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other things that people may not know uh, about Mike Smith is you were also a winemaker for a short period of time. I was. Yeah, um, um, any, you know... Yeah, big labels. I mean, did it ever no, go dr- anywhere? No, don't no. drink my wine. Don't drink it. No. <laughs> that was, uh, I, I, you know, I perfected growing the grapes, and that took a few years yeah. to figure that out. I never really perfected. It's drinkable, but I never really perfected how to really fine tune the wine, um, and that's something that I think takes a skill that takes more than a couple years. We sold the property, yeah. and, and now I don't have the space to have. What is it that makes you go? I mean, you know, when you think about this, you know, here's a, I want to take a bike trip, a motorcycle trip for six weeks and take off. I'm, I think I want to do wine, and not like, you know, just a wine kit, but, you know, you grow grapes, you're doing the whole thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're, and you still have a full-time job. I mean, I remember you, I got to get back to the farm so I can, I yeah. can you know, hay, and I got to take care of the, the wine fields and, and all of that. Uh, what is it that uh, that keeps you going like that? It, I think it is um, staying active is important to me, and I think that's something. Again, I harken back to SEAL Team. I mean, you you had multiple things you had to do each day, yeah. and really uh, the active part of it and the exciting part of it. I mean, you weren't parachuting all the time, you weren't firing your weapons all the time, yeah. so you you had to fill in those times with things to do, and that's. That's something I, uh, I I really don't like to be sitting around. How old were you when you were hijacked on a plane to Cuba? I was. Right? Yeah. How old were you when that I happened? I was in ninth grade. And did that affect you in any way? I mean, you know, thinking back, that's you could have you could have died. You never you didn't know what was going to happen. Did you think that? No, no, you no. don't. You don't think that as fifteen. You don't think that as eighteen. By yeah. the way, yeah. and you did, I never thought about it in SEAL Team. Um, the one thing that. You know, I remember my mother putting pillows around us kids, we had, my brother and I, uh, to in case the plane crashed. But uh, that's no, it was exciting. We thought it. My brother and I thought it was the most exciting thing that happened on a, on a Christmas break. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Could, yeah, Mike, we could talk for hours here. You're gonna have to come back to travels with Charlie. So great catching up with you, Mike Smith. He's uh, not making any announcements today. He's in fact going on a bike ride somewhere soon. So. That's it. Mike, so great to see you. Welcome uh, welcome back to the airwaves here at WDEV. Charlie, thank you so much for having me. Travels with Charlie, sponsored by Casella Waste System, Jolly Convenience Stores, and Milne American Express Travel. Theme song written and performed by Billy Bratcher, my executive producer, Brad Ferlin, director, Corm, and uh, I'm Charlie Papillo. I'll see you in my travels coming up on the uh, 28th. Our next show, we're going to be talking about Vermont-grown businesses with Mark Bove of Boves of Vermont. Get ready for some uh, tomato sauce. Have a great day.